0: Love Talk Radio.
1: America. How are you this morning? Uh, we went through another week and um, and we're here today on this bright Tuesday morning where I'm at. And um, today we have a guest from out of Wisconsin. But before we go to him, I just want to say quickly, uh, Black Urban America is sponsored by Queen Mother for Real Media. We have shows on Thursday morning with Superior Power in Black America with uh, Daryl and Monique Freeman. That's Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Friday nights from uh, 7 to 9, we have uh, Queen Mother's Table with Ia Afola. And on Saturday night, 8 o'clock p.m., we have Carl Sneed with a prov- Provocative Thought. And then on Sunday night, again, we had Queen Mother for Real, uh, uh, Queen Mother herself, doing uh, Rise and Shine. And we go to our guest. His name is Brother Kalief, uh from Wisconsin. He's a radio personality or War radio, uh, produced live music. Good morning, uh, Brother Khalif. Good morning, Brother Ken. How you doing? All right. How are you? Um, I'm all right. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I'm a uh, Grand Sheik of the Morris Science Temple of America, Temple Eight out here in uh out here in Madison. We open up the first Morris Science Temple in history out here, uh in what we call Wisconsin, And uh well actually we opened up the second one in Wisconsin as a whole state. But I open can you, the can, first
1: you up, can, can you turn up your uh, can you turn up your volume a little bit, um, Brother Khalid? Yeah,
2: it's not a problem. Let me see here. Can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, I said that uh, uh, I'm a grand sheik of the more-sized temple of America. The mm-hmm. um second temple in history in Wisconsin, the first in history in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I'm also an adept uh, leader. I'm a universal spiritual teacher as well, I'm also a Sufi sheik. Uh, I'm also a, a activist, uh, an activist Uh activists activist around the issues of racial disparities um, Mass incarceration In uh, those also a historian teacher uh, At the school memorial, I teach high school kids uh, The true essence of what we call their history We don't use the terminology black history Because we understand the stigmas that's associated and, and, and attached to that and so we try to educate them around the true essence of blackness before we allow them to embrace that title and concept. Um, and uh, I think that's 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 relatively important for us because we want them to come to their fullness um, as uh, a black man or a black woman. Uh,
1: yes. Uh, uh, hold on. We have a uh, we have another uh, uh, guest on our show, Nakia. That's you. Hello, uh, Nakia, that's you.
3: I'm here. I'm
1: here. Okay, that's all. okay, just hold. on, uh, That's you, brother Khalifa. Uh, so, explain to yeah. us what is the Moore Science all about?
2: Well, Moor Science uh, was founded in 19. Well, the Moor Science was not founded in 1913, but the Moore Science Temple of America, the first one, was founded uh, by the Prophet Noble Drew Ali um and his forerunner, his forerunner Marcus Mosaic Garvey, uh who we call Black Moses. Um, they mm-hmm. found thirteen and before that it was called the Canaanite Temple and then later we became um the Morse Holy Temple of Science and then after that in nineteen twenty five it uh we adopted the um, the official brand of Moorish Science Temple of America. Um now Noble Drew Ali um was born around eighteen 86, um, January 8th. He was a man who had traveled and traveled all over the world, um, and particularly he was very interested in the social, um, economical, as well as political condition of our people here in America. And so that took him on a journey all around the world. and As he began to uh, travel to and fro, he uh, landed himself uh, in the temples of Egypt. He also studied with great sheikhs in uh, Morocco, in Mecca, in Egypt, in Saudi Arabia. And then he returned back to the States in 1912, and he began to propagate the message of uh, of Islam. But he also, his first and foremost um, goal was to infuse a higher consciousness and um, to reconnect us with our roots and our spiritual essence as well as our cultural roots that have been lost throughout the most of slavery. And so his first message, first and foremost, was to empower us to recognize who we are and to disconnect ourselves from the stigmas that have been attached to us by white Americans and by the slave owners, which is Negro, Black, colored, Ethiopian, all those particular terminologies that um, associate themselves with being docile, being inferior, um, lacking power, lacking lacking roots, lacking essence, lacking the connectivity to a culture, a people, a race, a dynasty, a nation. And so because of that, he spoke about nationality, and he bought nationalization as opposed to um, naturalization. He bought nationalization. He talked to people first about their nationalities and how being and identifying ourselves as black, negro, colored, Ethiopian, or anything that's defined by the Constitution in America, disconnects us from the human family tree. And we are the descendants, we believe that we are descendants of Morocco, that, that, uh, from the tribe of Moab, not the tribe of Moab that you read about in the Bible, but an ancient tribe, much ancient than that. And we believe that the Moab is black, and that the Ab is father and that we are the father of the original people. And so, through Ali, his, 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 his whole thing was telling us that we didn't have a flag. We don't have a nationality. And because we don't have a nationality, we can never have equal rights to say in this said government. And so by picking up our flag, which we connected ourselves back to the Moroccan Empire, back to the Moorish roots, the 50,000-year-old flag, um, red Uh, All red with the green five-pointed star in the middle that represents love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. By connecting ourselves with that and adopting that flag, we became Moorish. We became Moorish citizens. But living in America, that came, that later morphed into Moorish American because we are a part and parcel of this said government. But without picking up and adopting ourselves or attaching ourselves to a nationality, then we have no protection. We have no, no position, nobody to protect us in the U.N. We have no say, no equal, nothing. One of the first things that citizens that come from different countries are um, are, are ordained to do, in order to receive their citizenship in the United States, it's declared their free nationality. and Because we were denationalized as a people during slavery, we never got an opportunity to do that. That's required by the federal government, the federal constitution. So essentially, without us doing that, we're all in violation of federal law, basically.
1: So tell me this. How involved are the Moors in the black community today?
2: They're very involved actually. Um there's temples all over the nation. Um one of the things one of the one of the nation one of, one of the um one of the organizations that morphed from uh or came out of the nation uh, came out of the Morsair Temple is the nation of Islam. The nation of Islam um came from the Morrison Temple of America and the five percenters the nation of nations and gods on earth came from the nation of Islam. So more Science Temple of America is is, is is pretty much accredited for giving birth to all of these black national organizations, including the Black Panthers. Um today the Morris Science Temple of America is highly active all over the country. However, um there's been a lot of infiltration in the temple that has diluted the brand of Noble Ali, and a lot of people have taken up initiative in the name of the Morris Science Temple that misrepresent the true teachers and the true essence of the more science Temple of America. So a lot of people began to um take refuge in the nation of Islam or in the nation of God and earth or the new black family movement. And so the more signs more science momentum has weakened a little bit, but we're starting to pick back up in the modern days.
1: How come what do you th- why do you think throughout history through all of our black organizations from the early twenties to today, why is there so much infiltration in our black organizations?
2: Well, the, the, primarily, uh, there's a systemic, there's a system that's set up, and there's something that's called—I uh, don't know if anybody knows what the New Jerusalem is. Have you ever been? Are you familiar with the New Jerusalem? Yes. Okay, so you know about that whole that whole plot and scheme to keep the black man down in America from resurfacing and and, uh, reclaiming his position in his throne. We have to realize that our Morse elders, our ancestors, gave the keys over to the Europeans to be able to conduct, construct, and run this country. But the thing is that they got treacherous, and they started to put us to the knives and the swords and the guns. And so that essentially kicked us, that, that essentially took us out of the picture. Then they came up with this thing called mass incarceration right after the slavery, right after the slave trade, was ending in 1865, what they started to do was they started to create other laws and other regimes that would criminalize things that ordinarily wouldn't be criminalized. For instance, vagrancy laws. We talk about the vagrancy laws. If you were black and you were freed as a slave and you didn't have a job, you didn't have uh, a home to stay in, that was a federal law violation. The literacy laws, you was able to read, run around with with a document and say, well, if you read this document, I'll let you go. Well, Reading at that time, because of the literacy law, was a federal law violation. Those things led right. to incarceration. started to build prisons, and, 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 you know, the system began to perpetuate itself. and It started to morph into something really big. And today we call it mass incarceration. But more so than anything, they don't want our people waking up and becoming conscious. They don't want us to become conscious because once that happens, we become too strong. You have to understand that we ruled empires all over this world forever. We're talking about empires like King Solomon. We talk about King Solomon. We talk, we're not talking about no, no dark-skinned white man that's been running around with threads with on. We're talking about a supreme black king that has Ethiopian roots. You know what I'm saying? Right talking about King David who was a black man. We're talking about Abraham who was a black man. We're talking about Noah who was indefinite who was indefinitely a black man. Adam who was a black man. We go all back before then, go back to the land of Cush and all those people. These are all dynasties that were created by our people. And we have to understand that these Europeans they come from us. They come from the Rinaldi tribe and they emerged out of the carcass. And when they came out of the carcass, they had they you know they had very little interpersonal skills, very few, um, they were cavemen, essentially, and they try to put that on us. They try to tell us that we come from monkeys and all this kind of stuff. The thing is is that when we start to internalize and we start to believe that stuff, that dilutes our power, and we're not able to come into our fullness in a way that allows us to move and be successful. And so as long as the message is constantly stepped on, diluted, twisted, and demented, we don't know what to believe about ourselves, and that, that confusion continues on. And so as long as confusion continues on, we don't have a leg to stand on. And so this is why, when you, have a, when you have a black revolution rise up like the Black Panthers, the more sized Temple, the Nation of Islam... These organizations, they erect themselves, but then the government infiltrates to cause confusion. They turn each other, they turn the people inside those organizations against each other, and now, boom, we're fighting against each other, and they go to the media and run and make it look like we're disorganized, and then we don't, we're incapable of getting along with each other. You get what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready to ask you a stupid question right now. Um, why is so important? Why is so important? For us To be consciousness To be conscious To have a higher conscience And to know our history Of African Or Akibuan Well
2: Akibuan Is is, uh, is one of the original terms Of uh, one of the original names of Africa Actually the Moors named that Akibuan
0: 50,000
2: years ago To match up with the 50,000 year old flag And this mm-hmm. has been a- Name and the terminology that's been known. When we talk about African. We're talking about color, We're talking about colonization. We're talking about colonial colonialism, because Africa itself is a colonial colonial terminology. You know, we're talking about Africanus. You know what I'm saying? He came down. He came down. And he conquered Africa. Whatever whatever country or continent you conquer, then you mark it by putting your name on that country. You get what I'm saying? And so. Mm-hmm put his name on that country and that essentially, that essentially opened up the floodgates for all these other European regimes to flood Africa trying to get our natural resources. The thing is, is that the natural resources in Africa are so rich. You get what I'm saying? It's so rich and it's lucrative. One of the reasons why they killed Muammar Gaddafi was because Muammar Gaddafi was about the stage a revolution that had never been seen before in the history of modern day Right? Yeah, you talk about, about the Africa. African Bank. You talk about right, the African right. Bank, right? Exactly. He was gonna essentially right. unite. He was uniting all of Africa and he was going to create he was going to create a treasury, right? He was going to create him with his their their own version of our what we call Federal Reserve and they were going to back it by natural they were going to back it by natural resources. Well the most natural, the most resources are in Africa. So if we were to back our currency with natural resources, that would essentially bankrupt Western, the Western people, Western world. And not only would it bankrupt the Western world, it would force it would force them to be dependent on Africa again. So you know, they can have that going on. You get what I'm saying? The thing is this: that the purpose, the reason why it's so important for us to connect with our ancestral roots, is because without a sense of who without a sense of identity, without knowing your essence, knowing your roots, knowing what your people and your ancestors were capable of, without knowing any of those things, then if you are just conditioned with inferiority, slavery, 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 beat down, the constant beat down, then you can never, you can never step into your power, you can never step into your fullness, and you can never feel whole as a human being. This is one of the reasons why the Prophet Muhammad, who was also African, Let's be, let's be clear, the Arabs were not Berber, the Arabs were not what we call today modern Arab, they weren't pale-skinned people, they were very dark-skinned people, and, they, and, they, and that language comes from the Metal netter. 68% of the Arabic language is Metal netter. that's an African dialect. Let's be clear about that, from the Bantu. But anyway, getting back on subject, the Prophet Muhammad wa sallam, had said this, he said that it is important for you to know your history, know your ancestry and know your roots. That is that is that is part of the richness of being a human being. Having that connectivity. Just imagine how you would feel if you never knew your mother or father. You get what I'm saying? Just imagine yes. that. Imagine the impact that that would have on you. Imagine the lack of identity, the, the identity crisis that you would be going through. Imagine the emotional turmoil, the the, the, the constant beatdown. Not connected to anybody not having a lineage not having a history not having any of those particular things that would decimate your self esteem that would hurt you in a way that you would not be able to stand up firm and strong you would constantly be
0: beaten down on yourself
2: because you would wonder why you were abandoned you would want to know more you would want to know And so it's the same thing. We've been disconnected from our mothers and fathers, our ancient mothers and fathers, our ancestors. We have no culture. We don't know what our religion is. We don't know what our history is. We don't know our tribes. We don't know our own language. We don't have anything that allows us to connect to something that is greater and beyond the slave trade. And so this is why it's important. It's empowering. Dr. Creators of the Quran, of the Bible, and all those particular things. As a matter of fact, the Nicene Council, the Nicene Council that put together the Bible that convened three times, all of them were Ethiopian. Yeah, three thirty A D. Yeah,
1: it yeah, three thirty A D. <laughs> three thirty three <laughs> A D to be specific. Yeah. They Oh no, but do you have nope. a question or comment for the minister? Actually,
0: yes, I do. Um, you know, you talk about culture and how it was destroyed, and I think, you know, a lot of people long to, to have that culture. I think right. that's why so many people assimilate into different cultures. Right, um, you know, right. My, my thing is, how how do we know collectively? Because, you know, right, right now, there's a lot of people saying, hey, you know, this is your culture. This is your culture. No. This is supposed to be your culture. Um how, how how do we direct more people to finding out the true culture and not getting sidetracked by, um, you know, all these different people who are telling us to follow, you know, to follow this culture or follow this practice? And, you know, I think it gets confusing for people, and, you know, it's easy to kind of give up or either, you know, just – you know, right. going to the doctrine that makes most sense at the time. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. you know, how do you make the correct history stand out enough to capture the attention and to get people to realize, hey, you know, that makes sense. That's our culture. We need to get more involved in that. We need to learn more about that. They're serious. You know, this this is it. Because, you know, how do you how do you differ, differentiate
2: Well, the, the, yeah, I'm listening.
0: From the rest of the, you know, the different cultures, because like I said, pe- the, the disconnect is there, and, you know, people want something. Like you said, people need those roots, and without the culture, we're going to continue to be lost. But also, if you have, you know, 10 different organizations saying, hey, you know, this is your culture, how will people find their true roots?
2: Well, the thing is, uh, I'm i am not trying to get too religious, but um, a wise man once said, and his name was Muhammad. He said that one of the things that um, that truth does to you is truth settles the heart, right? And falsehood yeah. makes it not easy. We are innate. We are the most spiritual beings on this planet, right? But the problem with us is, is that. Once we start to assimilate into a culture that is not ours, once we start to pick up traditions, once we start to pick up religions and concepts and all of those things that is not ours, what happens is it dilutes our spiritual abilities, it dilutes our spiritual power, it dilutes the potency of our spiritual nature. And so we are not able to discern as easily as we would have been able to if we had not disconnected from our culture to begin with. So when confusion comes in, when confusion comes in, that throws us off 10 times more than it would have if we were in our original form in our original state and in our original dwelling places. You draw off what I'm saying? Now, we look at the ancient dynasties. We go all the way back to one of the oldest dynasties that people don't know about is the Kushites. Kushites are some of the oldest, some of the oldest. People. If you read in the Bible, you read the Bible, you read in the book of Genesis, you would see that you know, uh, 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 one of the dynasties that surrounded the Garden of Eden was the land of Kush. Right?
3: Okay. With the land
2: Cush. Now, this predates Adam. And people miss that in the Bible. This predates Adam. The land of Cush was already established around the Garden of Eden. Adam fell into the Garden of Eden, right? Now, we're looking at, we don't need folks, of course. And then we talk about Buddhists. We talk about the Chinese. We talk about all the things that have served as the Great When you look at Buddha, Buddha was was also uh, 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 from an African tribe. A lot of people don't know that that Buddha himself from an African tribe. You draw? Now <coughs> the thing is is that these are all concepts that come from our ancient mother. I would suggest that we look at the ancient dynasties like Kush, studies in. We're in we are, in the, we, are in, we are living in a day and age where information is at our fingertips. We can just tap, 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 boom, everything pops up for us on computers. Right? And you have to you you, you would have to definitely Weave through all of the fiction and all of that other stuff that people add on. Yes,
0: because there's so much misinformation out there as well. Right.
2: But the, if you're dedicated to the cause, you will be able to weave through all of that. And you need to find you a teacher, a teacher that is grounded. Because someone that's grounded and already did the work, you get what I'm saying? Someone yeah. that's grounded has already done the work. They're not going to be shaken by all of the falsities or anything like that. They're going to be—they're grounded, and 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 we call that a machine, a perfect guide, a, 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 a machine al Camille, which is a perfect guide. Find that person, and it's not easy to find that person, but you'll be—you'll be surprised at how sometimes things that fall into your lap if you become seekers, like the seven shades of like like the, like the seven shades of wisdom say. If you see a seeker, if you see a seeker, find that person. Embrace that person and teach them because that's the secret. That's one of the sacred that's one of the sacred elements of beginning to establish a dynasty. The seekers are the most important people that play important roles in history because they are they are the future leaders and they are the ones that we are wrecked. In this quest, secret is a child. And we have to go back to that childlike state because right now, like we said, we are so we are we are already in an ignorant form. Our minds are already ignorant. Are already like we're worn over again Like we know nothing We know nothing about ourselves We're completely oblivious to everything And so that puts us in a childlike state Now once you become aware That gives you the incentive To move forward and go out And find your true path Find your true corpse And find your true destiny And like I said yeah, There are a lot of propagandas That's out there Find you a, perfect, find you a person that's grounded And study with that person But Study Kush, study Egyptians. They are very important people in our history, in our legacy. Brother Minister, okay. do you still have time? I got about five more minutes. Yes,
1: five sir. more minutes. Okay. One last question. For, oh, do you have another? Uh, oh, go ahead, Noble. You could go and, uh, and uh, ask uh, him a question. Come on. Um, do you have any? You know, you say you
0: Find, find um, you know, someone who's stable in their teaching and things like that. Um, but do you have any guides or references to independent studies for someone who may want to learn more about these dynasties and the Tush and things like that?
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, I suggest uh, a movie that came out um, with a couple of my teachers in the movie. Um, Dr. Umar Johnson... Uh, Brother Nasheed, Aqib, uh, and um, those brothers, they have a movie called, it's one, two, and three, called Hidden Colors. It's called Hidden Colors. I would suggest that you get that movie and start there. There's going to be a lot of references and everything else in that movie as well. But it's Hidden Colors, one, two, and three.
1: Okay, uh Brother Minister, I'm gonna let you go. Nova, you stay on the line. You stay on the line. Brother Minister, uh I uh thank you for coming on our show and um I will be con, con- can I contact you this weekend. Yes, sir, I look forward to it, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, brother, thank you. And you uh you have a good time in class too, brother. <laughs> thank you, brother. Okay. All right. Nova. Yes. Yeah. Nova? Uh I'm here. Uh what you think about uh, the Minister and what he said about it's important for us to know our culture. How can let me ask you this. And uh, I host uh, you could join in too, Queen Mother. Uh I wanna know, uh, uh oh we have a call. We have a call, okay. What okay. what's your name and where you're from?
4: Well I will from a how uh-huh. are you doing? All I was right. just gonna listen but let me make a comment here. Okay. What's your I name, heard, brother? My What's name you? is Pianchi. Pianti, and where are you from? We call him from the midwest, around the Saint Louis area. Okay, go right on with your
1: question or your statement.
4: How is it how important is is it for to be known that all blacks in the United States are not the same? Would you agree to that?
1: I agree that all blacks
4: in the United States are not the same. We have black okay.
1: Christians, black Muslims, black Hebrews, uh, 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 black Moors, uh, 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 the brothers and sisters that believe in the Egyptian culture. You know, we have all these And some don't
4: cultures. believe none at all, right? Huh? And then you got some who don't have no belief whatsoever. We're talking That's about. Right.
1: That. That's right. That's right. The, uh, so, the atheists. So, yes. So, there are many. Uh, we have black Buddhists. There are many different ideologies. Blacks have
4: different. Right. They have different ideologies. So, and they have different ex- similar experiences, but different. So, when I hear folks saying that blacks need to come together, when I hear this we in the mysterious days, there should be more specific identification on who is being referred to. Because if it's not, then it just brings about some confusion. Right. I hear people talk about the days. Well, who in the heck is the days you talking about? I hear them talk about we. Well, who is the we you talking about? Being that you have agreed that all blacks in America are not. You know, when blacks was not allowed to vote in the South, black in the North were voting. And even in this country itself, the United States is divided up into about 11 identifiable nations with different ideas, different political views, and different economic values. People up in Vermont have a different perspective on the death penalty than people in Texas and Florida. People in the visitor area. In
1: Vermont, that's right. They'll right. Of course they have a people, different
4: perspective because there's no disabilities in Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> have a different perspective on in our, in the heartland on people who come from New York. I mean, they tend to not you know, care for them too much. So until, and you know, here's another thing and, I, and people don't want to realize this, but it has validity. And even blacks that came here to the, was brought here to this, uh, to Africans that was brought here, they didn't come from the same ethnic group. True. And they came from
1: different parts groups,
4: of the West Coast. Yeah, West Coast of Africa. You're right.
1: Ethnic groups,
4: you you ethnic, the same language. In those, right. Ethnic groups over there have different factions, different ideas. And guess what? They have a tendency to expel their riffraff. United States expelled Japanese and Mexicans, even Mexicans that was born here, they deported him back to Mexico. So that's in society. That does go on. So, and you know, another thing that disturbed me is when you hear in one conversation blacks say, well, we're suffering from slave syndrome. Then in another conversation, you hear them say, well, blacks was already here before whites got here. Well, all that does is confuse people. You got to be more specific and more detailed in why and how you go about putting. Can I
1: respond respond for one second? Um, Our culture, the African culture is so complex, but simple. Uh, Our culture is so, uh, so um, uh, we're not a monolithic culture. We're so diverse within our own culture. And and it's okay to have these different backgrounds, these different, like you said, we uh, uh, we came from different uh, nations in Africa and, and we didn't speak the same language if they had the same customs. Like there are so many different uh, backgrounds among African-Americans. But one thing we do have in common, is one thing we do suffer from, that's injustice. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you're a billionaire or you're, you're, you're a guy on the corner. We, Those two same black men suffer from injustice. They suffer from institutionalized We suffer from institutionalized racism. And also, there's one thing we should have in common. It's freedom for our people. Now, we had different ideas on the strategy or how to obtain justice and freedom. But at least we could sit at the table one day because we ain't at the table yet we could sit at the table one day with all these the different police systems and these different backgrounds, matter of fact keep the religion and, and the political stuff at the door and let's focus on the goals and objectives of Africans, Americans and then we could focus on Africans around the world alright, now that let me let me is, say uh,
4: something to what you just said. And you put that out there very well. But here's the thing. You got some blacks, you got some black communities don't have these police problems because they control their police the way it should be. Police are employees. The people that pay the tap are the boss. They say you do this, you don't do... They say you do not involve yourself in high-speed chases. Well... If you do, you're going to get fired. You're going to be showed the dough. Now, I will admit that in places like New York and Chicago and Philly, where you have these humongous police departments, that is very difficult to implement. But blacks are now living in what we call the suburbs. They are moving out of these urban areas. That's why they complain about gentrification. If you got some that control their police the way I just described, and I can name you some, see, I named you some black community that dissolved their all-white police department and made it look like they sh- like it should look, then why come the rest of them that's having these problems don't subscribe to the same tactics?
1: I don't know, bro. I got to go to another corner. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nova.
0: I think part of the reason is, as you said, we have all these different factions and different groups. Um, you know, there's a there's a global economy, and our people are not a part of it, you know, um, on the mass levels other races are. Regardless of the differences, they pull together, and, you know, they do what they need to do to participate in this global economy. And if we have little suburbs, little tiny divisions that are doing this, it's not enough. It's not enough to do it a little bit here and a little bit there. And unless we can come together and work together financially like other people do, it's going to be a, it's going to be collectively continue to be a problem because what happens when, you know, you go outside your little suburb into the other neighborhood. And and let me make,
4: let me make another real point before you go to your next call. I'm just going to take a second here. I watch Ghanaians and Nigerians and you know, this thing with the Oscars, Ghanaians got a Ghanaian American beauty contest. Nigerians got a Nigerian-American beauty contest. They are not going into the majority culture saying, look, we want a part of this, we want a part of that. What Stacey Dash said, I think, had legitimacy. But blacks make money off of blacks. And that there in itself is a problem. Because those who want to be part of that... Yeah, those who want to be part of that depend a lot on other blacks paying at the gate. But other blacks are not being shown in these awards the way they should be. In other words, the most you're going to get is 10%, 12%. Even in a city where you are 90% of the population, if they control it, they only want to give you 10 or 12%. And then blacks themselves. Act out that way because I seen the city council of Detroit sitting around a table in a discussion. And guess what the discussion was? Minority business contracts, where blacks make up 90% of the population. They're trying to figure out how to bring more whites into the mix. You got a heck of a <laughs> dynamics you're working with. Thank you very much.
1: I thank you, brother. You have a good day. Thank you for calling. Remember Black Urban America is on Tuesday morning, ten o'clock AM. Ah, well, Nova, what you think about that?
0: Um I think, you know, um I think we gotta we gotta we gotta promote culture because, you know, um as long as the uh, assimilation continues. We're not going to grow. That's why, you know, as he was saying, they only you're only going to get a certain percent. Yeah, when you're asking for something from somebody else, that's why it's important that we come together and build our own.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that uh, you have to remember this: uh, the pre-civil rights bill signing. You know, I think uh, was the most uh, proper. <laughs> prosperous in african american history from the uh from the uh, uh selling of the western part of the country all the way till i say uh nineteen sixty three and once we signed that civil right bill, you know we want to assimilate with the dominic with the uh 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 conquering culture and that is only normal when you've been um in prison physically, mentally and emotionally, and slavery uh uh physically and and emotionally. You want uh, a lot of uh, psychologists that well um when you're when you enslaved or in prison, the first thing you want to do is is uh to assimilate with the dominant culture. But every time my thing is Every time we try to get some economic, political, or social independence from the dominant culture, we get infiltration, we get the divide and conquer uh, strategy, uh, yeah. we get the hate strategy. I, I, and But we won't have that problem if we just focus on ourselves.
0: I believe that you know, um, you know, the, our last caller was talking about how we have so many different religions and um, you know divisions and factions. But you know, I think it's really important to be able to come together for a common goal because, like you said, we're all affected. We're all affected by the same problems. Our future generations will be affected by the same problems um, unless we come together to fix them. So I, I think
1: I think that's really important. Let me ask you something. do Do you think do you think I mean as a businesswoman and uh, a and, and a black woman uh, uh, in, in in America, do you think that it's possible that we could get the cooperation. I mean you have so many people now. When with this social media, with this information, do you think that we can eventually come together?
0: I do. I do. I think that it either be by choice or by force we'll have to.
1: Yeah, well because we had two different brothers uh on this morning. And with two different complete thought processes, but they kept on saying one common thing. We have to do something. We have to organize. Well, uh, Nova, uh, you have a minute. Could you tell us about your business and uh, uh, email, all the information that come with it? Okay,
0: a little about my business?
1: Yeah, and information that comes with a number, if they want to order something, what have you.
0: Okay. Um, well, yeah, I um, have a natural cosmetics business. I make natural hair, bath, and body products. Um, a lot of the stuff in the stores has toxins, um, known carcinogens, formaldehydes, parabens, things like that. My products are free of all those different things that you would be worried about—they're um, not made with fragrance oils, only essential oils. So um, you know they're they're the ultimate in natural care. Um, my website is www.genuinitycosmetics.com. Um, I have a Facebook page, and um, I'm—I've been a licensed cosmetologist for over ten years. Um, I do free consultations. If anybody needs any advice on their hair or body care, you know, is there uh, i a have a group where I educate people. Um, um, I have a my my direct number is um, listed on my website. You can okay. contact me, message inbox me, email me, um, Nicole at Um And you know, if you got any questions, just 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 message me. Get in touch with me, and I can help you out. Um, I also have
1: a... Okay, Noble. I think that's it for the week. I want to thank you for coming on this morning. i see you next month. Now, okay. that's it for today. I am because we are, and we are because I am.
3: All the TV stations. We're going